things. So, why are we gathered here tonight? What is this season we celebrate? We call it Christmas, but Christmas isn't just the name of a holiday. Christmas is a celebration of the event that sent heaven singing. We gather here tonight to celebrate that God himself became a person in Bethlehem. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God became a person, and that person is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ the light of the world. And this has been God's plan from the beginning. The hosts of heaven's army, the angels who fight the spiritual forces of darkness on our behalf, could not wait for the day that the Lord would put into motion his plan to restore the glory of all that had fallen. They waited ever so patiently for the promise of the coming Messiah to be fulfilled. They knew the word eternal would become the word incarnate, they just didn't know when. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Let's take a minute and imagine what it might have been like in the throne room of God when the Almighty finally announced his intentions to the archangel Gabriel. God addresses the captain of his heavenly hosts. Gabriel, you have served the kingdom well. You are a noble messenger. Never have you flinched in your duty. The sound of the Lord's voice always stirred Gabriel's heart, and his response was as it always was. Whatever you ask, my Lord, I will do a thousand times over. Of that there is no doubt, dear messenger, said the Father. But your greatest work lies ahead of you. Your next assignment is to carry the message you have waited eons to deliver, that the great gift of salvation in my Son will be coming to earth. Gabriel could not hide his ex angelic excitement. O holy exalted one, is it finally time to restore your creation to the majesty it once held before the enemy entered the world and enticed your image barriers to join him in sinful self-exaltation? We've waited so long to witness this wonder. Thank you for the privilege of being the one who gets to bring your good news of great joy. Gabriel was about to depart when he heard a sound that made his back stiffen and smelled an odor that made his stomach turn at the stench. Such a foul odor could come from only one being. Without a moment's hesitation or ounce of fear, Gabriel drew his sword and turned to do battle with the enemy. But his heavenly father put his hand on Gabriel's shoulder and said, Worry not, Gabriel. Lucifer will do no harm here. Sheath your blade, brave one. Lucifer turned away from Gabriel and toward God in bold, sin-filled indignation. I'm guessing your news must be urgent or you would not summon the great Gabriel to send it. See the great deceiver. 
But whatever the message is, I'm sure it will have no great success, no greater success than any of the rest of your words. I will ruin it once again. Even as this leader of the fallen angels said this, he was forced to cover his face, for he could not bear the light given off by the living God. Gabriel could not hold back his tongue. Be careful how you speak to the Almighty, you father of lies. Your time will come, and your end is certain. Make no mistake. The great Redeemer will restore all that you think you have ruined. But Satan would not be silenced. Don't be so sure, Gabriel. Remember, I am the one who was crafty enough to convince a third of your fellow angels to follow me. I still have a few tricks up my sleeve to thwart the plans of your precious master. God speaks. You think too highly of yourself, fallen one, and this has been and always will be your downfall. Lucifer's prideful heart just grew more bitter. Of course I do. I thwart everything you do. You soften hearts. I harden them. You teach truth. I whisper lies. You offer joy. I steal it. The betrayal of Joseph and his brothers. I did that. Moses banished into the desert for killing a man. I did that. David watching Bathsheba bathe. <laughs> that was me. I know your plans, God. I remember what you said in the garden the day I deceived these humans you hold so dear. That the seed of Eve would crush my head. But you have failed. No Messiah will come from your people. There are none born of man that can stand against me. There is none who is sinless, not one. Not Abraham, not Moses, not Rebekah, not your precious David, not Elijah, not even Daniel. The father stood up from his throne and addresses the dark one releasing a wave of holy light so intense that Lucifer staggered backward and was thrown to the floor. Hmm. Enough of this. Those are my children, you mock. You think you know much, angel? But you know little. Your mind dwells in the valley of self. Your eyes see no further than your needs. Come forward, deceiver. I want you to read for yourself from this scroll the name of the one who will call your bluff. Read the name of the one who will storm your gates. Speak, to the, speak the name of the one who will crush your head. Satan stammers. Emmanuel? God? With us? The father motioned toward Gabriel who came forward once more bowing again before his Lord. Now go, my messenger. You will find a young girl named Mary. She lives among my chosen people. The fruit of her womb will be the Messiah, the Son of God, the Redeemer of men, the Restorer of all. Gabriel could not possibly comprehend all God's plan, but he didn't need to understand it. He simply needed to be obedient to it. And Gabriel's loyalty to the Lord was never wavering. As he turned to depart, 
he recites the words spoken 700 years before through a prophet of God by the name of Isaiah. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given. For I will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. The Lord himself will choose the sign. A child shall be born to a virgin. And she shall call him Emmanuel. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This is why we gather here with friends and family. We gather to reflect on that night more than 2,000 years ago, a night like no other. What happened on that night changed all of human history. You see, on that night, the light would conquer the darkness and begin to reign in a day where there would be no night anymore. This was the night when God brought into the world the one who is the perfect light. This is the night in which we light candles to remember that the light of the world spreads through us as our lives touch others. What a night to call Christmas. Now the Father calls Gabriel back to the throne one final time to give him one last bit of direction. Jesus, tell Mary to call my son Jesus. Did you know that name means Yahweh and is salvation? What a powerful name for the perfect one, the one who is and was and is to come. The Almighty, at his name, redemption will unfold, restoration will happen, renewal will come. Let the world rejoice, Jesus is on the move. Amen. That's a remarkable thing that um, we just heard, read, and sung. And now I'm going to take some time throughout the rest of our time together and share just some thoughts from Hebrews. And normally here at Cornerstone, we would have you open your Bibles and follow along. But tonight, just to make it easier, I'm going to put the verses up on the screen and talk to you a little bit about who this Jesus is who was born a baby in a barn and put into a trough that was meant to catch the slobber of animals, becomes the king who rules all things. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 1 says this, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything the son is an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. Now get this. The son, Jesus, radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the power of his command. And when he has cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. 
This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name of God that God gave him is far greater than their names. For God never said to an angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father, and he will be my son. I love how in verse 3 he says, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds everything by the word of his power. You see, 2,000 years ago, the most amazing thing in the history of the world happened. God stepped into the warm lake of humanity. He did what he had to do to satisfy sin for humanity, and that was become one of us. He was still fully God, expressed all the parts of God, and yet was fully man. And, and, and the God of the universe who spoke stars into creation, hands that, that molded mountain ranges, are now clinging to this little peasant's finger in a barn. And he can't speak. The word of God cannot speak a word. Yet, he was still fully God. That baby born in a manger created everything and holds all things together. In Colossians, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1 that by him all things are created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, and through him all things have been created and are being held together by his power. That baby born in a manger is the great I am. He didn't stop being the great I am when he was a baby born in a manger that we celebrate on Christmas. He still was the bread of life. When Jesus was he, became a man, he talked about these I am statements. He said, I am the bread of life. I am all the nourishment you need. I am the gate to heaven. I'm the only way to get there. I am the good shepherd. I will lead my sheep and they know me. I am the vine. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the resurrection. And then he says, and I am the light of the world. In the beginning of the Gospel of John, John makes that clear. He says, in the beginning was the Word. He's talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then he goes on to say that all things that were created were created through him and for him. And nothing that has been created was created apart from him. And then it says, in him is life and light, and his light was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. And then in verse 9 he says, there was a true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But get this, guys. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become, a ch become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of, the blood, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
Because it's not just a, sto- a story. It's not just a, it's, it's, it is true. It is historically fact. And it is eternally significant that you believe it. Right? If, if, if for us to say that Jesus, God, did not come here to be flesh and be born a baby in a manger to ultimately die a death for our sin is to reject the truth of the gospel. To celebrate Christmas and not believe Christ came to save you from your sin is to not celebrate the, very, the only reason He came. He didn't just come to make us warm and fuzzy and shine lights and have a nice time as family and open gifts. And He came to save us. I bring you good news of great joy for today in the city of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He shines. Do you see? Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your gospel. I thank you for the truth that that sweet baby born in a manger was the great I am who was and is and is to come the almighty one I thank you that you never stopped being God and at the same time you walked among us so that you could relate to us I thank you that your birth was for your death and that your death was for our life Lord, I pray that this Christmas season would be a joyous celebration for those who call you Lord and Savior. And I pray that it would be ever more joyful because those around us that maybe have never called you Lord would tonight see the light. In Jesus' name, amen. In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer goes on and he says, For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. For if the words spoken through the angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. After it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them by both signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to His will. Guys, don't miss the message in the messiness of this world. You know, don't let the, even the busyness of the season, it's, it's part of why I love candlelight services and we, and we make them so simple is because our world is so blah all the time. Because don't let busy be your life marker. Don't let that be what someday gets put, when, when, when someone speaks at your funeral, someone says, yeah, you know what I, what I loved about him was he was busy. 
And yet when you talk to people, and you go, how you doing? What do they say? Used to be good. I'm doing good. Whether they were or not, didn't matter. I'm doing good. Now you know what it is? I'm busy. I'm busy. What I see the writer of Hebrews telling me tonight, because I am chief among sinners in this, is that we should take some time to remember and reflect on the peace and the love and the hope and the joy that we can experience here and now because of what Christ has done for us. That we should pay closer attention to what we've heard and not neglect our salvation. Guys, God has been telling his Christmas story for eons. What I love about what Pete read was it gives us a real picture of just how excited the angels must have been because they had been there since before Adam and Eve fell and they could not wait to see what God was going to do next. And we too, as New Testament believers in Christ, have seen his promises fulfilled. May we be a people who cannot stop speaking about that what we've seen and heard. May we be so compelled because we take time to just sit and be still before the Lord. Even tonight. Even tomorrow. And going into 2019, Lord willing, that we would be a people that would, that would be so overwhelmingly saturated with peace, love, hope, and joy that people could not help but ask us, why? Why? And we say, Jesus. In the beginning, I'm sorry, later in John 1, in John 1.14, he says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And I love how he says, and we saw the glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That moment in a manger, complete truth and beautiful grace were married together in the God-man Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that um, we have heard your gospel message. We've already heard it tonight. We've heard it other times. Lord, I pray that we would not neglect so great a salvation that has been offered. Lord, that, that you punched a hole in this world to come here that we might follow you home someday and even now experience peace, love, hope, and joy. Lord, I pray that we would consider those things well, even this season. And going into next year, Lord, I pray that we would be a people that would taste of your grace often. That we'd look to your truth for direction. Father, I pray that we would be a people that would drink deeply from the fountain of living water, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Oi. Sorry. I've heard him do it a bunch of times. Ah, <laughs> oh, such a great song. Such a great truth. So well sung. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Hebrews 3. I just have one verse. First one. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus. Just, I'm being quiet on purpose. It's rare for me. He came 2,000 years ago and most of the world missed him. 2,000 years has passed and most of the world still does. And yet, he came into this world and changed everything. There's just no denying that. I mean, I understand that we can sit here tonight, that some of you are sitting here tonight and you're denying that. And I understand that that's possible because I did it for the first half of my 50 years. That I would come to events like this with friends or family and I would go to church occasionally and I would read my Bible sometimes and I would even pray a prayer that I didn't really mean. But I hadn't ever stopped and really considered Jesus. There is no denying he came here. There isn't. You don't have, I, I, I don't mean even in here. I mean, the reason I denied him for 24 years is because I chose to live in the darkness. If that's you tonight, I would ask you to come into the light. The world's just getting darker. You're not going to find the light on your own apart from Christ. You're just not. And celebrations like Christmas are wonderful to have with family and friends, and we've all got things we're going to go do and, and, and enjoy later tonight, but, but take the time and give Jesus serious thought. He came here to reckon with the world sin for His Father's glory. Don't waste it. Don't leave tonight without considering the Savior who was born for you. That's what the angel said, right? Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. He said it to a bunch of sinners, the angel did. In fact, a bunch of shepherd sinners who were outcasts of society. They weren't even allowed into God's temple because they were considered so dirty. And that is who God sends the angels to to say, a Savior has been born for you. Why? Because 2,000 years later, he knew there were going to be a bunch of sinners sitting in a little cafeteria in Glendale, Arizona, so that his word could go out and say, rejoice. Because a Savior has been born 
for you, for me. Peter, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, said this, Let it be known to all of you that the na- at the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name that man was healed. And there is no other name among heaven, on heaven and earth given among men by which you may be saved. But it's how we respond to that. It's how we respond to the Christmas story. It's how we respond to the gospel that is the Christmas story that matters. I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it, and I just kept it there, and I kept it there, and I kept it there. And truth be told, it was because I didn't want to let go. It wasn't because I didn't want to grab on. It's because I didn't want to let go of stuff that I thought I was going to have to let go of. But I'll tell you what, when you grab on to Jesus, all of this stuff that you're still holding on to just doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't matter anymore. We have a bunch of gifts under our Christmas tree. Most of them for these ladies over here to my right. But here's the key, and this is the key for us in coming to this gift that God moved heaven and earth for to come here. I have to be- they have to believe. For them to actually take ownership of those gifts, one, they have to believe that they're physically there. Okay, that, that's real. That's reality. And second, they have to believe that they're theirs. That, it's off, that, that we're giving them to them. Trust me. The gift is real. It is reality. And it is offered to you. It is there and it is theirs. It is yours. It is mine. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite the elders to come up and we're going to light our candles. I would ask you as we do that, even then, to remember and reflect on how one gospel light, one life perfectly lived for us, as he touches us and we touch others, can spread that gospel light to other people. And if the only light in you is the one you're holding in your hand tonight, because you don't know the truth of just the good news that God's already dealt with your sin, just come and take the gift. Come and talk to me when we're done tonight. I would love to tell you about it. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the truth that all of the promises of God find their perfect yes in a manger in an undescript part of the world in an inconsequential little dirty town in a barn that was full of your grace and truth. Because you were there, really, physically, completely there. And I thank you, too, that none of your people, not a single person in this room right now, is inconsequential to you. Whether it was the shepherds on the hill or a little peasant girl and a carpenter, that you, that you, that, that, that in the grand scheme of humanity, we're nothing except now 
all of humanity knows who they are because of what you have done through them. That's what you want to do with us. There's not a single person here that is special except that we are especially loved by you. So Lord, I pray that as we light our candles and we see how your light can spread and fill a room, I pray that your light would fill our hearts, Lord. I pray for those that don't know that light, that that tonight would be the first night that they see it. And they say it. And I pray for those of us that do know that we would not waste it, but we would share it. Lord, I thank you for the beauty of the gospel. I thank you for the indescribable gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. The elders want to come up. And and Chloe. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Remain standing. I had to blow out my candle. I can't do two things at once. It would be quite dangerous. Just one thing before I finish in prayer. This is, I I, got to be honest with you, I wish this night could last forever. I, I wish we could stay here together and enjoy one another's presence with God. But that's not what God would want for us. The shepherds that Doug mentioned, this is what it says. Two quick verses. Now when they had seen him, Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
and then in verse 20 of Luke 2, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So my, my charge to you guys is, every one of you will probably go somewhere tonight and tomorrow spend time with family and friends. Don't keep silent. Share the good news of Christ and his offer of salvation through the cross. So Father, we thank you. We are your children, your sons and daughters gathered tonight to celebrate your birth. And yes, Lord, it is a celebration. And Father, I know that Doug and myself and the girls singing tonight, Lord God, and many here listening tonight, we cannot keep silent. For once we were walking in darkness, but you called us out of the darkness and into the light, your light through Christ and his sacrifice, Lord. So thank you, God, for our salvation. Lord, may we desire now to be excited to share the good news with others, others that still walk in darkness, Lord God. So, Father, may you use us very, very powerfully tonight and tomorrow and throughout the coming year as we share the good news of salvation through Christ. Father, bless us now as we go. In your name, amen.